What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. It is Tuesday, June 22nd. And this is a football episode. For the first time in a few weeks, E3 is behind us. Some of the games of the backlog are played and reviewed. We finally have some news to talk about. It feels good to be back talking about sports. I know we've kind of had a training camp lull. There's been storyline swirling. I wanted to kind of to sum up a bunch into one or two episodes right now. That was weird if you heard that background noise. That was just ESPN popping up with something. This has been a commercial. But thank you once again to everyone for listening. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. In addition, I also post this on every Tuesday and Thursday at the Geeks Who Watch Football uh, Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter. I am at MadTitan1018. Once again, this is a football episode today. I'm going to be covering some news around the NFL and my thoughts. This Thursday, I will be reviewing Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. And then next week, it'll be the same old, same old. This weekend, it will be Loki Episode 3 review. So, the first big news to drop, this was a couple weeks ago, so sorry if I'm behind, but for those of you who are following along, there was a big trade in the NFL a couple weeks ago, the Julio Jones trade. He was traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. The Atlanta Falcons got the second round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick in 2023. Meanwhile, the Titans got Julio Jones in a 2023 sixth round pick. We knew that Julio Jones was being shopped prior to the NFL draft, and it was only a matter of time before the disgruntled wide receiver was moved. I think the Atlanta Falcons were kind of doing a... I don't want to say DeAndre Hopkins because that's like a hissing word of because they got fleeced, the Houston Texans, but it was a similar trade in that the Falcons wanted to trade him out of conference if possible. They didn't want him in the conference. They definitely didn't want him in the division. So I think they were, they were willing to take a slight discount to get him into the AFC where they don't have to play him. Uh, Julio Jones is uh, 32 years old currently. He will cost $15.3 million this season. It is a fully guaranteed, followed by 19.263 cap hits in 2022 and 2023 seasons. Now, the main question people are saying with this trade is, can he stay healthy? Julio Jones only played in nine games in 2020. Uh, his stats last year were, I have the stats right here, he put up 51 receptions for 771 yards and three touchdowns, averaging 15.1 yards of reception, which ain't bad for only playing in nine games. Not bad at all, but it leaves the question of can he stay healthy? And I kind of thought this for a while too. He's always been nicked up. He's always been dinged here and there, it seems like. But going back and looking at his subsequent seasons, he played 15 games in 2019, all 16 games in 2018 and 2017. The last time he missed substantial time was in 2013, where he only played in five games. But before this past season, he's been, you know, rock solid. 1,300 yards, 1,600 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,800 yards. He's been a yard machine. He's a deep threat. Everyone knows his speed. The only thing is he has he's only had double-digit touchdowns once in his career, and that was in 2012 with 10. He's not a red zone target, but 
the Titans do have A.J. Brown. They're going to miss Johnu Smith, who they lost to free agency. The Tennessee Titans also lost Corey Davis to the New York Jets in free agency. So I don't know if he'll help with the red zone, but he definitely is going to give them a four-headed monster between for Tannehill to play with between uh, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and obviously Julio Jones. So there's no excuse that the Titans are pushing all their chips into the basket. Now the question is at 32 years old, is he going to start getting more frequently dinged up? Is this a sign of things to come? And my answer to that would be, we don't know. I think it's worth the risk though, for a second and a fourth round pick. It's definitely worth the risk if you're the Titans and for the Atlanta Falcons, they're clearly rebuilding. They wanted that cap hit off their books. I think Julio missed more games last year than he should because they were in a bad position. They were a team that was nowhere near the playoffs. So I don't blame them one iota for what they're doing. Other than that, sorry if there was a cutout here and there. Jesus, we're having technical difficulties. Out of Western New York, by the way, it's been like huge power outages on a random note. But not happening here, obviously, but for those of you who are listening, Western New York, hope you guys have power and all that stuff. But that's just a quick side note. Anyway, back to the podcast. Um, but yeah, I think I like the trade for Tennessee. Atlanta, it's nice to get extra picks, but at the same time, it's like if they're rebuilding, why did they take? Why did they take a tight end fourth overall? Why didn't they just try to get Justin Fields or rebuild with the quarterback room? But I, I get it from Julio's side. He wants to win. He wants to go to a team that is going to compete instead of rebuild. But I don't know. I The Atlanta Falcons got what they could. I'm not going to blame them for that per se, but I think they're a team that's going to be, I think they're going to be bad again next year, folks. So that's on them. I personally would have rather gone, seen them go a quarterback this year, but kudos to them for doing that. Best of luck. They're going to roll with their with the tight end and Calvin Ridley. But I do like the trade for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tannehill is going to be under a lot of pressure this year. They're they're not going to. I know some people are saying, well, it's playoffs or bust. No, it's not playoffs or bust. They need to make the Super Bowl, the Titans, or they at least need to make the AFC championship game. And I know they have to go through the Chiefs and I know they have to go through the Browns and the Bills, but that's what this trade implies. There's no excuses. They need they're all in. They need to go. But so that was trade part one of the NFL news. The other big news, and this is related to my Dolphins, unfortunately, I'm not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers because it seems like every year in the offseason we hear about how pissed he is. Uh, but we'll cover a little bit of that later. But that's with my training camp rant. But I'm not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to talk about Russell Wilson. I'm not going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Those are unresolved circumstances. Right now, it's just me. I don't know anything. People saying they do, they don't. Nobody knows anything right now. We're just kind of in a flux and waiting. I don't expect anything to happen for those three, and anybody who says otherwise, at least for the offseason, they're just speculating. The next big news comes from the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately, with uh, star cornerback Xavier Howard requesting a trade. There is a contract stall between the two sides. They are not close. Rumors of him demanding a trade. This comes from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Howard requested a trade back in October to which the Dolphins refused. And there's a segment right here from the Miami Herald. Let me close out of this once it pulls up. 
Howard is believed to be considering his options at this point. Those options included asking for a trade, something he has discussed with confidants and would not be a surprising outcome. Whether the Dolphins would consider a trade, even if he holds out during training camp, is very much in question. The Dolphins declined to pursue a trade last October when he conveyed to the Dolphins that he was open to it. So what bothers me about this is we all knew Xavier Howard wanted more money, even though he's only two years into his deal. And I'll give you guys the numbers. He signed a five-year, $75 million extension in 2019. Last year was the first year of him being paid in that contract. He will have a cap hit of $13.5 million this year and is currently the sixth highest paid corner in the NFL. So two years into his extension, he's wanting a re uh, and re-up, and this is uh, assume people always assume, including myself, this is because he had ten interceptions, which is fantastic. It tied the franchise record. But when I hear that he requested a trade back in October, this is before the ten interceptions, folks. I think he had what four or five interceptions at that point, which is still a great career. I mean, still a great season, but he wasn't at the ten interception point yet, which tells me that he was upset before this season. And he's wanted out of Miami for at least, you know, since they signed Byron Jones in free agency and drafted Noah Igbenogany. Rumor is that Sabian Howard is pissed. He feels disrespected. He's not the highest paid. This is what it all comes down to, folks. It's all about ego. When people say, oh, he's got enough money. It's not money. It's not necessarily that he wants what he's worth. It's he feels like he's the best corner in football and he's pissed he's no longer the best corner in football especially on his own team. They said Xavier Howard felt disrespected when they signed Byron Jones in free agency and when they went out and drafted Noah Igbenogany in the first round. Now, I didn't like the Noah Igbenogany pick either. I thought it was a wasted pick, but I did understand signing Byron Jones because you need more than one corner in this league. This is a pass-happy NFL league. You need more than one corner. And Byron Jones, that was his market value. Every year, you can't be top dog. I mean... Even Byron Jones, who at the time was the highest signed corner when Miami offered him, he's only fifth. He's only one spot in front of Xavier uh, and Howard. And to be fair, Xavier and Howard missed many games, folks. Everybody who's a Dolphins fan and the coach Bobby Cesarano knows this. Like Xavier and Howard has had knee issues. He's had trouble staying healthy. The season you saw this past year from uh, from Xavier and Howard was his best he's ever had. He has not had shut down numbers his whole career with Miami. He's been solid, don't get me wrong, but this past year was like his, you know, virtuoso. The Dolphins drafted and signed because one, they wanted corner depth. They wanted that to be a strength of their team. And number two, because Xavier Howard couldn't stay healthy and he had a lingering knee issue that they didn't know if it would get resolved. So they therefore they, you know, they strengthened the strength. They wanted a backup to cover their asses in case Xavier Howard got hurt again. So you can't blame the team for having an insurance policy. And they did pay Xavier. Back when they extended Xavier Howard, that was a big risk they took on him. He hadn't played a full season yet. So I'm all for guys renegotiating their contract. If he was in year three or four and he put up this season, I understand it. And I'm even willing right now to renegotiate the contract to uh, like front stack it. If he wants to get more money this next two years, and then take away, take some off the last two years of his contract or the last year of his contract, go for it. I'm all for that. But Miami's going to have to reshuffle things around because they just extended Jerome Baker. So cap space is tight right now in Miami. They're also looking to extend Mike Gusecki, the tight end. I'm kind of and that move, but, you know, 
I can see them doing it. They're they're struggling right now. And I know it's all going to come down to for Xavier and Howard. It's like, and here's the contract numbers. I just said what he signed for, but Miami's kind of stuck with them, at least for this next year. They have a cap hit of $13.5 million this year. The following season, it will be $14.3 million, followed by $13.4 million, followed by $12.2 million. Now, there is a potential out after next season. So at the end of next season, if they were to bail, they would have three years remaining on his contract, $39.35 million left. But here's the kicker, only $2.8 million in dead cap space. So if they wanted to just flat out cut Xavier Howard, deal him, whatever, they'd only be taking a $2.8 million cap hit at, at the end of next season. So next year would be the year to like cut bait if they wanted to. Right now, if they were to cut them, it would cost the Dolphins, I think it's like $16 million or $20 million. Yeah, it's $16.275 million in dead cap this season, which is which is pretty steep for a corner anyway. For a quarterback, people like, I mean, look at Jared Goff, all the dead cap they're eating in the freaking Rams. But for a corner, that's pretty high. So for me... And also for those of you wondering who are the top paid corners, everybody knows it alternates every year. I do have it on my phone, actually. So I'm going to switch over to it. I do have the rankings of the top corners in the league. Number one is Jalen Ramsey. Number two is Marlon Humphrey of the Ravens. Number three is Tredavious White of the Bills. Number four is Darius Slay of the Eagles. And then number five is Byron Jones. Xavier Howard is six. And right behind him on his ass is James Bradbury for the Giants at seven and Marcus Peters of the Ravens at eight. You know, so good company to be in. But once again, Jalen Ramsey's number one. Jalen Ramsey's also a year younger than him. And Jalen Ramsey was also traded when he was 24. So then that gets to the question of should the Dolphins trade Xavier Howard or should they roll with him? I'm in the camp right now of I would roll with him. I was in the camp, if you were to ask me before the draft, trade him because his value will never be higher. I don't foresee him having another 10 interception season. I see him, I follow the Patriot mindset of trade a, trade a guy a year sooner before a year too late. But I think the Dolphins are stuck with them now because I don't think they're going to get adequate value back for him right now. Because not only does the team have to trade for him, Xavier Howard's 28, by the way, for those wondering. He might be 27, actually. I think he's 27 or 28. He either one, You get the point, though. But a team would have to not only give up capital for him, but they would have to renegotiate his contract because he wants to be the highest paid corner in football. So not only do they got a, you know, trade for him. If he wasn't, if he was just saying, you didn't want to play for Miami anymore, it'd be easier to move him. Cause you got the guaranteed contract there. Nobody has to worry about extending any of that. They got four years of them on that contract, but I don't know. I don't think the value is going to be as high as people think right now. And plus it's after the draft. I would have traded them to a team like the Cowboys, but they're in cap hell right now. They can't afford them. It limits your options. The Texans would have been an ideal choice, but I don't know if the Texans are going to trade for him now. I think that would have been part of a Deshaun Watson bundle. So take that with a grain of salt. I don't think it would have been straight up them just trading for Xavier Howard. Um, Seattle, I don't know what their cap situation is. They could be a destination. I know, like I said, the Rams are desperate, but they're always in cap hole and they have no ammo. They have no draft capital to offer us. I think right now the most, I think I would take a first round pick for sure for Xavier Howard right now. Unfortunately, I think we're getting the Julio Jones trade package right now. I think teams are calling, 
but I think they're just offering us a second and a player. Cleveland would be a good spot to trade him to. Once again, they got to give something to us, though. I would take a first from Cleveland, and I would take Kareem Hunt. But once again, I don't know. And the reason is the market's kind of a little saturated right now because you also have Stephon Gilmore holding out for the New England Patriots. What scares me is the Patriots tried to trade him a year ago with the same logic as Miami of his trade value has never been higher, but nobody bit, or at least they weren't getting adequate value back. So right now it's Miami is, do you move him and get a second and a player and a fourth or something along those lines, less than market value for him just to get him off your books? Or do you try to work it out and play him for a year? Or do you try to call out his bluff? Cause with the new negotiation between the players, He's going to get find a shitload of money if he tries to sit out the season. And I would say if a team comes along and offers a first, you take it. If not, I play him. Or if it's if if they do give a second, I want a second and a player and a pretty damn good one. Like I said, it would take like the Browns coming to me saying, "Hey, we'll give you a second and cream hunt." Or it would take. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It would take like a team with a good center. I almost said Corey Lindsay, but he just signed a free agency. But something like that, like one of the top centers, like, hey, we'll give you a center straight up for him or a center in a second. Like you get the idea of like, that's what it would take for me to move off of him. But like it or not, I think Xavier Howard's stuck where he is. I think he's been given permission, I think, to request it. Well, he's requested a trade. I don't know if the team's given him permission to seek out a trade. But a team's going to have to one pay him. And I don't blame a team for not offering more than a first either, or not even a first. They're like, we got to pay this guy too now. I'll give you a second for him or two seconds. I would take two seconds right now, honestly, too. That's how, the point I'm at. But I think right now you're better off. He's more value to your team. I'd rather roll with him and Byron Jones, run it back, and having Noah Igbenogany as the backup to still develop versus having to throw Noah Igbenogany out there. But. You know, I'd rather keep Xavier Howard, but it's just unfortunate how the circum situation all unfolded. It screams to me that he's being greedy. And I don't mean that because I'm all for players renegotiating, like when Antonio Brown signed a year too soon and then he exploded into one of the top three receivers in football, but he was paid like the 15th. I get that. Xavier Howard was, was at one point in time the top paid corner in football. And he's still top 10. He's at number six, just outside the top five. I'm all for renegotiating his contract and front stacking the half of it. And then making, instead of owing him 12 million, you owe him like five or 6 million his last year. Or just fully guaranteeing the year so that you can't cut bait with him after next year. But once again, I don't know what he's thinking. I It just screams to me selfishness, the fact that he was demanding a trade before he had his 10 interception season. But anyway, I said I would circle back to Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, and it, my rant with this has to do with training camp as a whole. And it's not just because for those of you who've been following, every week you're hearing training camp news. You're hearing how Tua Tungavailoa couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat with a six interception, replicating a Nate Peterman-like performance in a practice. Now, to be fair to Tua, I'm going to say that game, that was in a monsoon, and it was a seven-on-seven drill. 
But you get the point. People talk about it. They say how he sucks. You hear Jordan Love sucks in practice, and then the following week he looks like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And Tua, same thing. Next week he's throwing four or five – or next week. Next day he's throwing four touchdowns, zero picks. Looks good. I'm just going to tell people this. Chill. It's practice. You're going to be more aggressive throwing the ball. And I'm not just doing this to defend Tua. I'm doing this to defend players in general. There's plenty of guys that have looked great in training camp and great in practice and stink it up in a game. You know, and this doesn't even just relate to football. This relates to sports in general. There's plenty of guys I swam with in college that were not practice swimmers. Not saying they were lazy, but they were eh. But then a meet came around, they'd pop times. You know, it happens all the time. And practice is where you want to make the mistakes if you're a quarterback. You see receivers try out new techniques, you know, get the familiarity down. Corners try new stuff. They get a little more aggressive jumping routes, you know, than they otherwise would be. They're trying to push Tua to be aggressive. And I'm assuming the same thing happened with Jordan Love and Green Bay. They're trying to get these kids to be aggressive. They want to see what throws can I and can I make. And coaches are willing to let that slide in practice because it's practice. This is where you find out, hey, maybe I can't throw it this far. Eh. Maybe I can't thread the needle this much. Maybe the velocity is not quite that level. Okay, I know not to try that throw. You know, this is where it is. It's trial and error, especially for young quarterbacks. I get so bothered by people. Josh Allen the other day had like a few interceptions in practice, and we know Josh Allen came off an MVP caliber season. Like, it happens. It's just the fact that these guys are under the gun. They're under the microscope. There's nothing to talk about in training camp. So people just have to blow it out of proportion. And once again, this isn't just defending Tua. This is defending for Patriot fans, Mac Jones. This is defending, you know, and I'm not a Mac Jones fan, but I'll defend him. I'm not going to judge him off of practice. See the kid in a game. You know, it's just because it's the offseason. There's nothing going on. Like, I'm more concerned in practice if a dude is injured or if a dude isn't there. That concerns me more than a guy having a rough practice here and there. We all have bad practice. You guys have all had for people working. Everybody's had a rough work day. You're not hundred percent every day. There's a day once every few weeks where you're like, I wasn't feeling it that day. That was not my best performance. Chill. It's just because of it's a dead season. We're taking up every little bit of information we can get. And nobody wants to, you know, they just want to follow whatever they're being told. People have their own agendas. I'm not saying that they're wrong. Mac Jones can could suck. Tua could be a bust. You know, Jordan Love might make people want Rodgers no matter what. But right now it's just spinning their narrative. It's you don't know this until you see these kids on the field. Okay. So that's all I'm asking the people. Just chill. Not saying don't follow football. I get it. We're all craving it right now. We're all starved for it. Go watch the Olympics. I try to tune myself out of all the storylines besides trades because it's just the rel- you drive yourself crazy. In the coming weeks, I'm going to talk about upcoming prospects for the NFL draft. And I don't mean talking about the draft already, but prospects that could declare this following year that if your team sucks, like if you're a Texans fan, I'm sorry in advance, or an Eagles fan, sorry in advance, and you want to watch college football, these are the players to look at. I'll be having that later in the month. I'll also be having the coach back on, and we'll be doing some fantasy football talks. I'll also be having Paul and Sleezer back on to talk some stuff. We'll be doing a fantasy draft guide for you guys of who you should and shouldn't take. 
players to watch and watch out for. A lot of good stuff coming the way. It feels good to talk football again. As we get closer to the actual regular season, we'll be getting more and more into it. I'll be leaving some polls up. I've been doing a lot of video game-related polls. I will be doing sports-related polls as well to see what you want to talk about. If you feel like I've been shunning a part of the game, like, hey, why don't you ever talk about the NFC North? You know, why don't you talk about the Lions or whatever? Like, we can roll with whatever direction you want for this podcast. I focus on the AFC East because most of the people listening, the demographic is they're either Bills, Jets, Dolphins, or Patriot fans. So I tend to lean more towards that way. But if you're a Panthers fan like my brother is and you're like, hey, what the hell? Talk about Sam Darnold more, what his impact is. Or if you're a Steelers fan, like Jeff, talk more about how Najee Harris is going to make you hate your Dolphins for passing on him. We can bring that up too. Like, leave suggestions, you know. But once again, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Just a reminder, we will be doing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart later this week. This weekend, we will be doing Loki. Next week, we will be doing we will be wrapping up the Sly Cooper Retro Series with Garrett with Sly Thieves in Time. And then I'll be jumping in the Mass Effect. Any other news drops in sports, I'll be sure to bring it up. Thank you once again to everyone for listening. Reminder, you can find us Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please leave a like. Please leave a review. It's just one click. You literally just tap the bottom. It's a star review, one through five. You think I suck. You don't even have to put contacts. You could just put three stars. That's it. Every little review helps. Everything helps uh, develop the show. So once again, thanks to everyone for tuning in, and I'll see you guys later.